Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. We've got a major tournament this week with the PGA Championship. So we've decided to boost the booth back to the three-man show tonight for the PGA Championship. So super excited to have our good friend Jacob Horton, a.k.a. Han Dizzle, alongside. Uh, man, it's been a while since we've had you on. Happy to have you on. Jacob, how you doing? Good. Glad to be back. Uh, always a fun week. PGA pro- professional. Get a little excited to watch the 20 club pros out there trying to make the cut. So it's a fun week. Those uh, those club pros are going to have a challenge ahead of them this week, I think, uh, with a difficult course on tap. We'll see. Uh, usually there's there's one or two that makes a little run at least uh, to, to make the weekend. So always a unique element with the PGA Championship. There's been some discussion about the qualifying criteria that were used and just a lot of uh, back and forth on social media of, you know, people being upset about something or another, but uh, that seems to be a mainstay in the golf world these days. 
Uh, it's always fun to have big prize pools to chase in DFS as well and a strong field. Uh, we've got some of the live guys back in action this week. Uh, so plenty of stuff for us to break down. Of course, I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. And my usual co-host, Derek Farnsworth, is alongside as well. And Noto has been scorching hot with the betting picks, hitting another outright winner with his boy, Jason Day, last week. And uh, boy, the the 2023 season here between DFS and that outright hit, uh, uh, Jason Day is getting back in your good graces there, Noto. Yeah, it's about time. Uh, I think I'm still down on the season betting on him, uh, even though he won a tournament last week. But uh, good to see him back in the winter circle. Happy to have uh, you know Jacob here for a major week. And yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it should be a really fun golf course. I think it's going to be uh, very difficult, which uh, provides some of the best leaderboards that you're going to find. So yeah, I'm excited for the week. I uh, don't need to spend too much time on uh, the, the TPC Bunny Ranch from last week. But uh, yeah, do you guys have any uh, other takeaways? No, they can just get rid of that tournament as far as I'm concerned. Weak field, birdie fest. Um, did uh, did Dash make you guys feel old like it did me? <laughs> Jason Day's kid. So I got to, I got to, he's 10. So uh, yeah, that's crazy. He's in between our two kids. Wait, he's 10? Uh, yeah. Looked like he was like 15. Yeah, he looks old. <laughs> he's an old yeah. 10 uh let's see uh what doesn't say the uh sometime in uh 2000 so yeah you'll be you'll be 11 at some point this year it doesn't show his actual birth date but uh he's was born in 2012 so um well i didn't see i didn't see afterwards uh, i was just following the end on my phone so i didn't see the course photo or whatever with the family but yeah, and he's having uh, his fifth kid, so he's uh, challenging Tony Finau for the most kids uh, on the PGA Tour. Five is uh, five is a lot. I'm good with two here. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, well. I guess if you're, it's going to motivate him to play more golf, so he's got more time away. Uh, he's not going to be able to withdraw as much anymore. But he really, uh, you know, he's had a great year, and I'm, I've kind of been slower to get on the bandwagon. The notice pretty much rode that all year long. So kudos on the hit once again last week. Hopefully, uh, you didn't peak too early because you want to keep it rolling for the uh, the majors. Uh, we'll have some bets. We'll do it. We'll get back to our snake draft uh, this week at the end of the show. I did join one last week uh, to do off the air, uh, and then kind of forgot about it. But then got the notification that it filled like two hours later, uh, and ended up hopping in and drafting. I, I think I finished third or fourth, but no cash last week. Uh, we will see what uh, what this week brings. Uh, Jacob, any takeaways from last week's event, uh, for you that might be relevant to, uh, to what we've uh, got to keep an eye on here going forward? You know, I think just overall that because of the, the elevated events and the schedule that, that we're seeing a lot more golfers play like prior to the to a major week, just in general, we're still some pretty big names in the field last week. So I don't know. It just feels like that we have, I mean, we had a down week kind of before, but even in Mexico, couple big names so it's not like it's not like these guys are all taking the week before the major off so um i think the biggest storyline is what do you do with jordan right title sponsor not playing is he injured was it precautionary i mean if he's healthy i think i think trey hasn't projected like less than two percent for the week so i think that's a big story 
Definitely one of the lowest top end plays we've seen. Uh, obviously, we get a little bit different pricing for the majors, but uh, Spieth will be an interesting talking point for sure. And uh, as Noto said, we got a lot to get to here on the show. We actually got three hosts here this week, so uh, plenty of stuff for us to talk about and probably uh, no reason to dwell on last week. Um, Scotty Scheffler was obviously the number one guy in the field. Um, just couldn't quite make enough birdies on Saturday. Uh, and finished tied for fifth. But we also saw Siwoo Kim, Terrell Hatton, Adam Scott uh, in the top 10. DFS darling Steven Yeager with the T11 and got into the field for the PGA Championship as of this morning with John Daly withdrawing. So the uh, the DFS darling will be in there again this week. Uh, and basically, you know, last week was just a birdie fest. I wouldn't get too caught up in if you had somebody that you liked that missed the cut. Uh, on it being, you know, this uh, earth shattering problem going forward. And most of the people who missed the cut last week uh, are people who are not teeing it up this week uh, because they didn't qualify. So uh, probably not too much else we need to say about last week. Uh, we will go ahead and move forward to the PGA Championship. But before we do that, uh, we've got a fun new sponsor on the show. So want to make sure we pass this along that you can kick off the new year with new gear built to last, our friends over at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. If you're not familiar, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company with a world-class product that is just as good as any expensive pair, durable frames, and extremely clear optics available for your outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the new year. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code RotoGrinders for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. So that is Shady Rays, uh, hopefully bringing the uh, sunshine to the golf course at the PGA Championship this week. And uh, Noto, I mentioned, uh, probably going to be a tough test for those club pros this week because from the pictures and the videos that we've seen, uh, it feels like it's going to be more like a U.S. Open test this week. So why don't you talk about the course here a little bit? Yeah, uh, you know, shout out to Mr. Gerg in the chat. Uh, the promo seems a little shady. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get to Oak Hill. So obviously it's going to play a lot different than it did in 2013 when Jason Duffner won. Uh, the course has had major renovations, uh, probably one of the bigger renovations that you know, we've seen with these big courses in America. Uh, they've been lengthened to nearly 7,400 yards, and they took out just hundreds of trees. Um, so it's not going to look anything like it did when Duffner won. Uh, it's a par 70, so very long course uh, when you adjust for par. Uh, two of the par threes are, I think, over 230 yards. Uh, both par fives are over 600 yards. They might play as, you know, three-shot holes for a lot of the field this week. And the big story for me, I mean, it's a long course, very narrow fairways, 27 yards wide on average. Uh, compare that to last year's PGA Championship was 40 yards wide on average. So you're going to have to, uh, you know, deal with some very narrow fairways. Um, the greens are elevated. The greens are also very small, um, only 4,500 square feet on average. So um, compared to the typical stop, it's about 6,800 square feet. So yeah, narrow fairways, small greens, 
The bunkers here are uh, extremely difficult. We've heard, you know, the fairway bunkers can be a half stroke penalty if you do fine. You can lift at the bunkers and then they're difficult too. So you're going to have to. The, the cooler weather, uh, I do think the ball is not going to travel as far, which is going to make the course play even longer. We do have some rain in the forecast. So, I mean, it's going to be uh, a very difficult test all around. I think you're going to have to be solid all around. I think you're going to have to be good with your long irons. I do think distance off the tee is going to be a big advantage if you can keep it in the fairway. Yeah. Do you guys uh, have any other takes you want to add? Go ahead, Jacob. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. You, you listen to like uh, Sean McKeel, who won here in, 2003, kind of listened to his presser shortly came on the air. <clears throat> All the sight lines have changed, right? All the greens have been um, remodeled to kind of get back to the original design. So they're pretty small greens. Um, you know, when Duffner won, you look at it was just kind of keeping in play, right? It was um, a lot of fairways, hit a lot of greens. Um, and Duffner hit it really well that week, obviously, because we know he can't putt. Um, but I think the thing that stands out to me about the course is that you know, really, I really think that short game is going to come into play. I think they're going to miss a fair amount of greens this week. And so you have to be um, – all these guys can chip and putt, and, and even the bad short game guys can have a good week. But if you've got somebody that's losing strokes on both, you know, typically on around the green and putting, then I'd be a little less uh, happy to include them in my pool. I think that uh, you're going to miss greens this week. And with the weather, I mean, it's going to play. I think the PGA Championship is like the last few years has just been – less of a scoring fest and kind of like a U.S. open light, you know, definitely more of a challenge, you know, like even like last year at, at, at uh, uh, Southern Hills, right? Like the, there was some decent scoring early and just as the week progressed, the golf course just got harder and harder and harder. And, and you, it was, you saw it was very hard to put together, you know, multiple decent rounds, right? It became sort of a survival. And I think we'll see that again this week. So an even par score for four rounds here would be 280. I looked at the over-under for the winning total score in terms of total strokes. So, you know, 5-under uh, would be 275, 10-under would be 270, 15-under would be 265. Noto, if you haven't have you seen the, have you seen the line yet? I, I have seen it. So oh, uh, man. I'll let Jacob uh, take a guess. Have you seen it? I have not. All right, what's your guess? 276. So I figured it would be close to that range as well. Uh, it's 270 and a half, 269 and a half, 270 and a half, somewhere in there around the minus 10 mark, uh, which to me with everything we've seen, I mean, there's no gimme birdie holes. There's the par fives are three shot holes for almost everybody. Uh, the rough is a penalty. The, the sand is a penalty. Like I know these guys are really good these days. Uh, and we just don't see the even par winning score that always used to be a hallmark of the U.S. Open and sometimes the Open Championship. But, I mean, Noto, you see somebody getting the double digits this week? Uh, if I had to bet, I would take the under on the, you know, 10 and a half under um, score. So I would take, you know, it being uh, tougher than that. Okay, uh, so that way, to clarify, the way most of the books do it, they have it listed at total strokes. So 269 yeah. and a half. So you'd so bet take over. over on that. Yeah. Yeah. I want somebody to bet it the wrong way. It's kind of confusing depending on how you phrase it. So, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It seems that way, but watch somebody go shoot minus Although, 18. <laughs> if you're betting Rory, bet uh, parlay that with the under because uh, he never wins in single-digit par. So, there you go. I guess the only thing is that, you know, and 
we always kind of get in trouble trying to be weather forecasters. If it rains Saturday, like they're talking and the golf course gets softer, you know, then maybe it, even though it's still a long golf course, maybe they can take advantage of that, but no, I don't see it. So got to be good off the tee. Got to be good on approach. Got to keep it out of the hazards. Uh, got to be able to scramble. Got to be able to make putts. Uh, those are the skills that you need to do well here. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Um, and it, I mean, it kind of all comes down to what you want to prioritize most. Everybody's mileage may vary on, on how they want to prioritize that, but uh, let's go ahead and start digging in. We've got uh, five golfers above 10 K. One thing we talked about a lot at the masters was that the live guys uh, had kind of discounted prices that has corrected a little bit here for some of them, namely Brooks Kepka, uh, who's over 10 K on DraftKings again this week. Uh, Morikawa also above the 10K mark. That surprised me a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, Rom, Scheffler, and Rory as the top three, uh, which is no surprise at this point in time. So, uh, Jacob, I'll give you the first crack. Do you want to try to prioritize somebody in the five figures on DraftKings? And if so, who do you like the best? Uh, well, I think you have to start the conversation with, with can you? And do you still like your lineups? And I think that we see the pricing always pretty soft for these majors. So I think you have to account for, uh, you know, a story that could have, you know, especially the top three winning. I'm not super strong on calling this week. But, yeah, I mean, I think that you you, you mess around with some rosters. You can find Rory or Scotty or Ron rosters that you like the look of. So I think that you have to sort of account for the fact that you can build rosters you like with those guys. Then you have to decide, okay, do I want to play those guys, right? And I kind of – my early lean is, is wrong, but um, I don't think you could throw stones at picking any of those guys, right? I mean, I think that um, all should be strong candidates to um, to win this week. Noto, what's your thoughts on the top range there? Uh, for me, Morikawa is kind of the odd man out. Um, we talked about, you know, everyone's going to be missing greens on this course. At least uh, that's what we're projecting. And he's really bad around the green, and he's a really bad putter. That's kind of a bad combination. Uh, perhaps his ball striking can carry him. Uh, we have seen a lot of uh, good performances from him in the majors in the past. But he does feel a little bit overpriced to me. I do like the idea of starting with Rahm or Scheffler. There's not much separating uh, those two. I think you can go either way. Um, looks like they're going to be pretty close in terms of ownership and price. Um, they're both elite off the tee, both elite with their irons. Rom's a little bit better putter, and Scheffler's a little bit better around the green. So uh, no issue with either of them. Um, I do think, you know, at least one of those two is going to be in the mix on Sunday. And then, man, Brooks Kepka does feel overpriced. Uh, I was shocked to see him over 10K when I first opened up, uh, you know, the DraftKings salaries. But, man, you look at his major wins. He won at Shinnecock. He won at Bethpage. A lot of people are comping those two courses to this one. Uh, he's just coming off of some really good form. So he won on the live tour. Then he finished uh, – second or third at the Masters, and then he's followed it up with, you know, three straight top 11s on the live. So I do like Brooks, even though he does feel a little bit overpriced. And Rory's a big question mark for me. I have no idea what to do. Apparently, he's pretty familiar with the course. But, uh, man, missed the cut at the Masters. Then he WD'd from that designated event. Then he went to his happy place at Quell Hollow and did not play well. So that's a big question mark for me. Do you guys have a take on Rory? I'm I'm always a sucker for Rory on courses where you think it might play tough and it benefits if you can carry the ball a long way, uh, which I think we have this week. So I'm in on Rory, though it does make me more nervous than it would have, you know, a couple months ago, I guess, maybe even three, four weeks ago. 
but I'm in. So I was listening to some pregame stuff. My wife loves these weeks because I just like consume like 20 times more golf than on a normal week. But, you know, uh, Rory just recently went back to his old swing coach. He's been working with Brad Faxon all year. You know, they all sound like they're in good form uh, before they head into a major. But he's pretty comfortable at this venue. It seems like the kind of course that he would play well. So, I mean, I think that uh, I'm not a big Rory fan typically, but like I could see the merit for, you know, him playing well this week. Brooks to me is like, that's the tough choice, right? Because like at the Masters, what was he like, 7,600 or something? Yeah. He was super cheap. So you had to account for like, you really had to count. Is that Brooks that like we saw on the Netflix series or is that Brooks that was winning majors? And it looked like it was Brooks that was win winning the majors. So at like 7,600, you. I mean, even if it wasn't that, you had to account for it because he was going to be like top 15. But like at that price, I think you almost have to assume that you're going to get a win out of him. So I think he's a little easier to say. I, I don't. You could take a stand on him a little bit, a little bit more clearly this week because there's a bigger field, right? I mean, there's 16 live guys in the field, so um, just the pure math behind it, right? So um, not completely sold on him. I, I, I really don't like playing any of the live guys, but that's a bias. So, yeah, I mean, I was all about it at the Masters um, with the pricing, but at 10K plus, I think I can I, I can let Brooks go on the board this week because uh, I think it's an overcorrection a little bit. So, yeah, I think I'm out on on Brooks this week. Any I think I'm, in. Takes I think I'm in. Ooh, you're Ooh. zigging when they're zagging. I think I want to bet him too. Baby narrative, they just announced, right? If you believe the baby narrative. Which he's in what? Is he in the mid-20s? Is this his first? It's got to be, right? Yeah, first. Uh, there you go. He's in, and as far as odds, he's in what, mid-20s? Uh, yeah, he's 22 right now on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, that's not too bad. You get uh, you, There's quite a few bettable guys in that range if you're not wanting to, you know, pay uh, – shorter price for for rom and scheffler and those guys at the top so yeah i'm probably out on brooks um though i understand the logic of course behind betting him um and as we move down to the 9k range it surprises the guys he it surprises me is more expensive than cantlay and xander and finau who are probably going to be the most popular options in the upper part of the 9ks of course we got spieth in there as well i don't think spieth is a great fit for the course even you know take the injury out of play um, you know, if, if length is going to be an advantage, I, I just, and everybody knows that I'm, you know, kind of anti speed generally. So I'm certainly not going to play him, uh, when he's injured and, you know, shot 80 or 78 or whatever his last round was a couple weeks back. So, uh, but Cantley is getting a lot of buzz on social media. Uh, Xander always gets a lot of buzz in the majors and, uh, you know, Finau is uh, shown more winning upside of late. So, Anoto, you got to take on the upper part of the 9K range here. Yeah, if you're building one lineup and you're trying to maximize your, you know, top 20 upside, then you got to start with Xander, Cantlay, Finau, probably two of those three. Um, they check all the boxes. Neither, None of them have any weaknesses. Um, Cantlay's the best putter in the field on Bankgrass. Uh, he's a pretty average putter overall, but uh, number one on Bankgrass over the last two years. Xander's been in great form. Uh, he's top 15 to each of the last four majors. And then Finau, like you mentioned, I mean, he's always been good. And uh, now he's got winning upside to boot. Um, they're all long off the tee, all good out their irons, all good around the green. So I think those three are going to be my favorites in the range. I agree with you on Spieth, but 
I mean, if you're playing the Millie Maker, five percent speed, get you know double, triple the field. I don't think that's the worst, the worst strategy um, just for some of your lineups. Uh, and then the bottom of the range. So Cam Young from New York. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember last year at the Open Championship, somebody asked him, "Oh, you're from the streets of New York?" And he's like, uh, "Well, I live on a country club, so uh, <laughs> not exactly the streets of New York." Um, that was just a funny. I'll never forget that line. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. So and he's he disappointed everyone at Quail Hollow. I think he was forty percent owned in some of the contests. And everyone had this event circled as one for him to win, and now it doesn't look like he's going to get a lot of ownership. So I like going back to Cam Young. Um, Cam Smith lost in the playoff last week and lived, so it's nice to see him playing a little bit better. Sungjae is always a solid option. Uh, Sungjae ended up flying to Korea to play in an event, and he won it last week and then flying back. I don't know if that's good or bad for his. Did you uh, see that somebody asked about him and all he did was laugh? Somebody asked him about the travel and he just laughed? Well, that's yeah, he's, he's used to it more than anyone, right? Well, yeah, he plays all the time. Yeah, I mean, he'd play, he'd fly cross, you know, cross continent and play every week. Uh, it just, you know, uh, sleep on the plane. I, I, it just doesn't seem to phase him. Whether, and whether you want to take it into consideration or not, I'm not trying to sway you one way or the other. But I yeah. saw the quote today. Yeah, and uh, we didn't, didn't even talk about JT. There's so many good plays in this range, um, and then similar to Morikawa, Hovland just worries me with the short game. Yeah, Jacob, your thoughts on uh, this range here? Um, so I like toying around with the idea when I look at this range of like, um, so I'll, I'll max enter, you know, like the $5 this week. And it, it w would you consider locking in any of these guys, right? Like I like toying around with that idea, right? Just so just go ahead and take that gamble. I think Xander stands out as the one guy right now early in the week that I could say confidently, yeah, I want to, I would, I would consider putting him in every lineup, right? I think he's due to win a major. Um, Cantley narrative, right? We've got a uh, new caddy on the bag, right? Um, Tiger's old caddy. So that's right. Um, you know, I think that again, you're, you would not be surprised if you saw either one of those guys, you know, finally um, break through, right? So like who, who's the current best player in the world not to win a major? It's got to be, right? Cantley, Xander, Fino, probably one of those three. Maxoma, right? Got to be there too. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I think that I really like that range. I like Jordan at low ownership. I mean, I think again, the only person in that range that I don't really like, and, it, and it's my live bias and, and just anti mullet in general, is uh, Cam Smith. <laughs> he scares me on this golf course because yeah, it, he can put gonna, up a big number. Well, but scrambling is going to be the key, right? Like. I mean, they've got, for me, they've got multiple par threes that I would be taking head covers on, right? So, like, 230, 240 yards. I mean, there's going to be guys just having to fight, make a ton of, potentially a ton of, like, that five-footer for par range. He seems to kind of, like, thrive on those types of golf courses, right? So, he scares me not having a him. Um, I'm willing to take a risk on Victor Hovland as, if ownership shakes out. I just uh, just kind of – I think the guy is, is better than what we give – give him credit for it. You don't see it in his numbers yet, but he's working hard around the greens, um, you know, and he's elite ball striker, right? Uh, super talented. So if people are going low on him, I definitely have interest in both, you know, obviously Hovland and, and uh, Sung JM. I was just thinking that you could call him the cyborg. He doesn't need to sleep, right? He just plays every week and recharges his batteries. Yeah, interesting points on on Hovland. You know, people tend to shy away from him on courses where you might need to scramble, but uh, the rest of his game is fantastic. Um, 
I mentioned if there's one live guy that I probably will take a chance on this week, it's it's DJ, uh, who says his game's in a good spot. Obviously, he was uh, at the top of their leaderboard last week, uh, though not a whole lot of people you know watched it or saw it because uh, the network cut away from it right before the playoff. Uh, not a great sign for their future if you can't even keep your playoff on the uh, the CW network, but uh, that's for them to try to figure out in the long run. Uh, but DJ usually pretty honest about the state of his game, and uh, if he's on, uh, I think it, the the course definitely suits him. So him at 8,800, he's probably the one live guy that, uh, especially if the ownership stays in the single digits, that I'm fine taking some chances on this week. Uh, as we dig down into the 8Ks, we got Jason Day, one Noto, some money last week. Uh, Noto, you going back to the well on Mr. Day, and otherwise, what do you like in the 8Ks? Yeah, I think you can go right back today. I know people don't like playing the guy that won the week before, but um, through this comeback, he talked about just being in contention again, You know how, how nervous he was and how he didn't know if he could get the job done. If he was in contention, we saw him kind of fall apart at the Masters, and then we heard it was kind of due to uh, vertigo or whatever. But, uh, yeah, he got the job done. So he his goal is to get number one in the world again. He said that he – Dreams golf. He wakes up thinking about his swing, goes to bed thinking about his swing. So he seems to be all in right now on golf. Uh, he's won the PGA Championship before. Obviously, it was a different course, but I don't mind going back to Jason Day. If you like, you know, top 20s with the potential for more, I think he's interesting. I like your DJ call. Finally got back in the winner's circle last week. And then uh, Jacob mentioned Max Homa. Look, the, the major record hasn't been there, right? Uh, he hasn't been very good in any of the majors. We kind of thought this would be the year he, bro- he would break out, finish T43 at the Masters. Wasn't great. But I'm on board. I mean, he does everything well. He's a guy that I think thrives under pressure, even though we haven't seen it at the majors. But he's one of some really big golf courses so far, um, Riviera, Quail Hollow. Uh, so, yeah, I like those three quite a bit. And then nothing else till we get to the, the lower eights. All right, Jacob, you got anything in there that uh, that strikes your fancy in the in that price range? I mean, a little interesting, DJ. I have a question for both of you. Do you think that, the, you know, the Masters is obviously a controlled environment, right? Fans are going to be on their best behavior. Nobody wants to get kicked out because they'll ban you for life, right? They don't care. Do you think the PGA crowd in New York, do you think it's going to be different for these live guys? Do you think there's going to be a little, a I little do. I do think there will be some jeering. And do you think that, I mean, obviously DJ is like the major, I don't, you know, I don't care. Right. But still, I, th- I think it's going to be a harder week. Right. Um, I don't know. DJ and Patrick Reed will eat it up. Everyone else yeah. might struggle with it. I was going to say most of the guys who went to live are like the bad guys that kind of thrive on <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think DJ is underpriced, right? Like I think that him and Brooks are the same player. Like, and there's a huge difference. So like, yeah, I think that yeah. he's the guy that for me, him and Cam are the guys from the live that you have to kind of, to account for i mean they're not all going to play bad some of these guys are going to play good this week right so which ones are they right i would put dj and, and cam probably one and two with with uh brooks three and maybe neiman four so yeah i mean i i think that you have to account for some dj i really like homer this week um you know arguably the hottest swing coach on tour and mark blackburn and you know just it's a matter of time before he puts it all together right um you know he's just uh he's just too good Right. And so on a golf course like this, where uh, ball striking is a premium, you don't, you can't overpower, but you don't have to overpower it. Right. Um, just, he makes a lot of sense, especially if he's, if people are not on it. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. 
But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, certainly some interesting plays in this range. Maybe not quite as much consistency for some of them, but guys you could see winning a major. I mean, even you get to the lower part of the range. Uh, I've seen some people with uh, some uh, some love for Hatton this week. Obviously, we know Fitzpatrick's a little bit longer these days. Uh, we've seen guys like Burns and Tom Kim and uh, show some upside at times as well. So, uh, Noto, you mentioned liking a few guys maybe at the bottom of this range. Anybody else above 8K that, that you like? I do like Hatton. Projects very well for me. He's much better off the tee than people might expect. He's actually uh, you know 14th uh, over the last three months in this field, which uh, is pretty good considering you know how many elite drivers there are. In this field, I don't mind going to Fitz. You mentioned his added distance off the tee. We know the short game's uh, as good as pretty much anyone's on tour. And then at the very bottom, I like Tommy Fleetwood playing some good golf this year. Does a little bit of everything well. Seems to play well on tougher tracks. I mean, some of his best finishes in America have been in majors uh, when the the winning score has been in single digits. All right, Uh, Jacob, you like anything else above 8K? Otherwise, you can start dipping down a little lower if you like. I like Hatton and Fitz, um, you know, for the reasons that that Noto said. I think they're both – I mean, Hatton hasn't won as much as he should, right, playing some of the best golf of his career and just underpriced, right? So I like – you know, you could – I think you'll see a lot of rosters that have one or both of that type of play. Um, below that, um, Fleetwood stands out to me. Neiman scares me not having any interest in him. Just seems like he's kind of that lower-priced villain. Um sort of you you argue does adam scott have enough upside at that price he's playing well um you know there's just a ton there's just a ton in this range to like right you could i think it's the hard part for me this week is narrowing down who to play because i think you can make a strong case for almost anybody you know 76 and 100 above right like i don't like reed um uh, ricky fowler's um you know is he going to continue the uh the, the has-beens winning this year. We had Rose and Day. Now will it be Fowler, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not a Ricky Fowler fan, but like, he's playing great golf. He's turned it around, right? So you could. You what know, did he ever do to you? How are you not a Ricky fan? <laughs> you know, I think it was always that he was overvalued. Like people like, and so like everybody played him, and it was such a sucker play. And he, you know, it was, it was like that for like a year and a half, and yeah, then all of a sudden. But now like, he's good again and nobody wants to play. Yeah, him. so I, I kind of, yeah. And the fact that he didn't go to the live, yeah, that won me some brownie points. Plus, talk to Trey a lot. Trey's a rookie guy, so, you know, 
He believes that. Rub, it's rubbed that off a little bit. Ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Noto, what are your thoughts on the high sevens here? Yeah, this is an interesting range because from seven to 75, I don't really like anybody, maybe a couple guys. And then from 75 or 76 to 8,000, I like a lot of guys. So I do like Ricky. Um, he's been a top 20 machine this year. I think he needs to uh, take the Jason Day path and Justin Rose path and start playing some of the non-designated events so he can get a win. Uh, he just plays all the big fields, and then it's kind of hard for him to break through. But, um, hey, top 20 at this price would certainly get it done. Don't mind going to Justin Rose, Keegan Bradley. Um, you mentioned Adam Scott's been playing well. A lot of it's been the putter, but, uh, hey, you're going to have to putt well here. So um, on these courses that are difficult, I do like Adam Scott. And then Corey Connors, so he's gained 5.8 and 7.3 strokes ball striking his last two starts. We know that's going to be – key this week if he can putt well uh, i think he could be interesting he's kind of the cheaper version of morikawa or hovland in that but not as chalky i mean he was the guy that like at the masters was the obvious play yeah and he was i can't remember what he was priced there what probably a little bit less than he is now if i remember right um, yeah i think he was the same as brooks 76 yeah but so he's slightly higher uh but not nearly as popular which uh, you know, a bias will do that to you, I guess, because he had such a poor second round at the Masters and, and missed a cut. But um, it's not like he's become a, a, a different golfer and coming off a T8 and a, in his last start. Uh, if you think the short game can hold up, uh, I think he's definitely fine if the ownership stays in the single digits. Uh, Neiman, if you're okay with the live guys. I mean, uh, certainly some some players in this range. Anybody else in there, Noto? I didn't mean to cut you off with the Connors talk there. Oh, no, you're, we got a question about Taylor Moore. He's been playing great. So I was looking at his stats today. He's gained off the tee in nine of his last ten, and he gained putting in nine of his last ten. So that's a, that's a nice combo to have uh, when you're just consistently gaining strokes in those facets. I don't mind him. Um, he's only played in one major, did make the cut at the Masters. And then we also got a uh, question about Harris English and – I don't know about Harris English. I mean, he's one of the more volatile golfers on tour right now. Um, when he does pop, it's pretty much all due to the putter, but he did gain seven and a half strokes the last time we saw him at Wells Fargo. So do you guys have a stronger take than me on Harris English? Yeah, I don't, uh, but I tend to be a little biased against him for whatever reason. But if Jacob has anything, I'll defer to him. Not any strong takes. I mean, you know, obviously the injury kind of derailed him, but, you know, it's not a bad price, right? Like if you're going to mix and match, you know, a guy at, you know, five to ten percent of your lineups, you could probably pick a lot worse this week. I mean, he does have a lot of experience, so um, appears to be healthy, right? I'd much rather take him over, you know, Paul Casey. Right? Dude, I think Paul probably... Casey hasn't finished in the top thirty in five straight live events. Right. What the? What is going on with? Now keep in mind that they're only playing. I mean, what's their yeah. field size? Forty something. Yeah. You're uh, hearing a lot of stories, though. There's few. There's a few names on that tour, and they won't name them, but that have just packed it in. That are like they've taken their money. I think the results will make it clear on a few of them. Yeah, exactly. Did y'all see? And, did y'all see the pictures of Bryson this week? Have y'all watched any? No, I uh, saw that he's going to live to be a hundred or something. He's being skinnier. What? Yeah, so he's trimmed down, right? He's he's kind of given up on the whole Hulk Hogan. I'm going to hit it as far as I can and lost some weight and slimmed down. This guy, he, he has something in his mind and he just runs with it. Like the same length clubs was a thing for a while. And then he was bombing it. And then he was long drive. Now he wants to live till he's 500. Uh, there's just always something going on with him. But uh, hey, he played uh, his best week 
I think on live fifth place finish last week. Yeah. Have you ever seen? I'm not going to bite on that. He can hit it left-handed too. Like his left-handed swing is almost as good as his right-handed. Yeah, I watched. Uh, he played somebody in a batch on YouTube. I watched that. That was good. I'm not going to watch it because then I'll get suckered into doing something stupid. So, so what about um, Wyndham Clark? He's going to be popular. Is that a if you had to say right now, fade or play? Well, I listened. He was on. I can't remember if it was a foreplay or the the one with Cole Nost, uh, their podcast, and. He said that he's going to take the whole week last week and just party it up. It was his first one on tour. And so that worries me a little bit. He said he's just not going to worry about golf and then just show up and do his usual thing for this week. So that worries me. That sounds me. like a nope to me. And last uh, last five majors, 76, 65th, 72nd, 75th, 106th. So I think he's made maybe one of his last but five. But to be cuts. fair, he's played a lot better golf this year than yeah. any other year in his career. Playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Big Wyndham Clark fan. He treated me well, um, but I think I'm off of him at this. As ownership. clearly the most popular play below eight thousand uh, in terms of our early projected ownership, um, I, I'm probably out on that as uh, as the chalk as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that number comes down just a little bit, um, you know, once the ownership numbers circulate. But uh, and it's also interesting because <clears throat> the bottom end of this seven K range isn't really all that exciting. Not a whole lot of guys projecting well, you know. Maybe Siwoo Kim uh, and and Mito will be another guy that uh, that gets some buzz. But uh, I mean, Jacob, is there anything in the lower half of the seven K range that does interest you? Um, I think so. You always look back at these, especially the PGA, maybe the British Open too. Um, one of these guys is going to pop, right? One of these lower tier, um, solid. PJ tour players, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I think I want exposure to Kitty Yama and Mitchell and I like Woodland and Kim. I mean, uh, Siwoo at this price. I mean, I think that, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see any of those guys play well. Davis Riley, I'm, I think I'm off. I've been on all year and boy, he's just like all over the map. Right. Um, on a hard golf course like this with big numbers, I think I'm off, but yeah, I think that, I think that you can account for some of these guys, uh, potentially playing well. It's not somebody you're going to build your whole week around, but I think that uh, they provide enough salary relief and upside, right? Gary Woodland can just chip and putt halfway decent, right? I mean, at that price, I think there's a, I think there's more than enough upside, and he's proven that. Yeah, always uh, the, uh, you know, whether or not you, you got one element to your game, for sure, that's going to be a weakness for the guys priced in here, but you look at, I mean, Keith Mitchell's had great numbers off the tee for close to a year now. Um, you know, we know Woodland's ball striking is going to be there. And he's shown, you know, maybe a little bit more over these past uh, three or four months than, you know, what we saw maybe uh, the last full season. Uh, and to his credit, I mean, he's made six cuts in a row, so uh, including a, a couple of top 15s. So maybe a little bit more consistency back in that game from Woodland as well. I always uh, like targeting him in majors. I think the $7,100 price point is pretty reasonable. Ownership isn't too bad. Um, if distance is important, you know, I can see going with Mitchell as well, though the potential for a big number uh, if he gets a little wayward uh, is certainly concerning. But uh, Noto, anybody else above 7K that uh, that you're interested in? Yeah, on Woodland with you guys. He's fourth in this field over the last year in ball striking. Just incredible. Um, he's going to give it all back uh, on and around the greens, but <laughs> I'll fall for it. Uh, in that same vein, Emiliano Grillo, 
last three events, he's gained six, 10, and four strokes just on approach. So the irons have been absolutely dialed in for Grio. He hasn't been uh, the best at majors, but I think the PGA is kind of the one that you circle where some of the lower-owned guys can pop on the leaderboard. And then I do like Seamus Power at 7,000 even. He's just one of those streaky golfers that uh, back-to-back top 20s, does everything kind of well. And, uh, you know, our friend Dan Kramer asking about Jaeger bombs. What do you think he's going to get priced at? Uh, I do think everyone's going to be overlooking him just because he's a late ad. They typically don't get much buzz. Um, I'll say seven, uh, 7K flat. I'm in at that price. What about you guys? Yeah, I would. I think I would be as well. I could be very wrong on the price. Does he have odds yet? Ooh, I'll check out scores and odds. Shout out scores and odds. Yeah, I'm gonna. You can check that because we got everything listed. He's three fifty to one. So if you like money, if you like burning money on fire, bet bet Jaeger this week. He's three fifty. That's the best odds you'll get. So he's priced. Uh. I mean, a lot of the other guys that are priced in this range are like 66, 6,700. Maybe he'll get a six, maybe he'll get a 68, 67, 68, 6,900 price. But we're in at 7K. Uh, it'll be interesting. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. He'll be a late ad. Probably will get added to the player pools, at least on DraftKings tomorrow. Uh, we're taping this Monday evening, so Tuesday. Um, and the one value that's kind of standing out in our early projections uh is kh lee um by a lot compared to the other 6k players um no his numbers from last week no i didn't let me let me pull them up they were uh they were something okay so at his favorite event um you know back-to-back winner so he gained 2.8 off the tee he gained 7.4 on approach so one of the best ball strikers in the field and then he lost 8.6 strokes on and around the green oof which wow. is which is probably good for his price and ownership and all that this week. All right, we'll get the last couple values from you guys, and then we'll fire up our snake draft here as usual. Uh, Jacob, any sub seven K guys that uh, that catch your eye this week? Um, boy, I don't think you have to go there, but if I if I were to just to try to squeeze in like a couple really top end plays, I don't going to sound kind of gross but i don't mind jimmy walker maybe alex smalley right just as pretty low end dart throws i think there's more than enough upside with those guys um you know walker is playing better golf than probably he's priced right um but yeah outside of that no i mean you, you can make an argument before he went to the live tour that thomas peters at that price but like i think he's another guy that's just kind of packed it in taking the money and living the good life Jimmy Walker is a guy we talked about on last week's show. Um, randomly, you know, making uh, what what was it? It was uh, four top twenty fives in a row. Did continue that made cut streak last week, but uh, uh, finished near the bottom of the uh, leaderboard. Did make eighteen birdies though, so still finished minus seven. But uh, at uh, TPC Bunny Ranch or whatever Noto called it at the beginning of the show, minus seven was only good for T seventy four. Confident that minus seven will get you better than T seventy four this week, uh, if you can if you can get there. But uh, Noto, anything under seven K for you? My favorite is uh, Torbjorn Olsson. He's made nine straight cuts on the DP World Tour, including third, a sixth, a win, a fourth, all in his last five. 
Um, he's not the longest off the tee, but uh, man, he's been uh, excellent. He leads the DP World Tour stroke average, um, total strokes gain. Um, so he's playing some great golf over there. Not sure it'll translate, but 6,500 is worth a shot. At min price, David Michaluzzi. Um, he's been a good ball striker. Um, if you want to, you know, build a two two stars at the very top and uh, throw somebody in that's min salary, then we got to get your take on Ryan Fox, Justin. <laughs> I always love Ryan Fox in the majors. Uh, we can generally always get him at a discount. Um, you know, it, it was so his last start at the RBC. He he withdrew due to illness. Now I'm not sure if he was really ill or if it was a, I was six over through like six holes or whatever it was. And I'm you know, and obviously if you're ill, that can contribute to being six over through six holes. But uh, he always plays better in the bigger events. He was t26 at the Masters. T27 at the players uh, had a couple of, you know, solid finishes on the, uh, the DP world tour towards the end of the year. I'm not all in by any means, but I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I uh, didn't, you know, have some sort of sprinkle or, a, you know, a top 20 bet or something. Um, don't think you need to play him in DFS, but if you're building like a hundred plus entries this week, you know, you could throw them in five and, and get a little exposure, plenty long mm-hmm. off the tee. So, but, not quite as confident as I was the last couple times. Any take on the Hoygaard brothers? You f- I I'll don't. Take, uh, I'll take Nikolai if anybody wants Rasmus. Head to head bet. Put them all. Well, you're getting the better golfers supposedly here with the pricing anyway. True. All right. Should we do the snake? All right. We can get ready for the snake draft. So, uh, again, if you guys are listening on the podcast feed or you're just not interested in the snake draft, uh, we uh, can bid you adieu for the week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube and you're checking out, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate that very much. Subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel if you're not already and get uh, notifications anytime we go live. We do these golf shows each and every week, uh, not just for the majors. So uh, free for you and appreciate your support. Check us out at rotogrinders.com. Plenty of good premium content for you as well over there if you are interested. So.